verse 16, and Jesus came to Nazareth and where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Isaiah 61, verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it unto the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The church, and to the church, several years later, John in his epistle wrote, and he told us in the 8th verse of the 3rd chapter of 1 John, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest. He might destroy the works of the devil. I spoke on that just a little while ago. The 8th chapter of John, verse 36, if there... Son, therefore, shall make you free. He shall be free indeed. See, the ministry of Jesus was prophesied that, that the Spirit of the Lord would be upon him, that he would be the, he was the anointed, the Messiah. Uh, his purpose was not only to preach the gospel, his purpose was to live the gospel, to be the gospel so that we might have the gospel. The good news to bring it to mankind that mankind could be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. You know, he, he sent me, Jesus said, to heal the brokenhearted, and he is the comforter. He is the one that heals the brokenhearted. He, he said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He invited them. He said, take my yoke, bind us together, learn of me, and I'll meek and lonely of heart. Ye shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus continued there in the fourth chapter of Luke by saying it to preach deliverance, to announce release to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, the Amplified, and I want to read this to you. It says, to send forth all delivered, those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favor of God profoundly abounds. Now, we readily accept some of this passage, the preaching of the gospel and the comforting power of Christ and the, the healing process that the Lord has provided even for the blind. But as uh, we believe, uh, we receive uh, the benefits that Jesus Christ has provided for us. However, I want to ask you the question, do we understand why the captives had to be preached to and why the oppressed waited to be set free? 
why the captives have to be preached to and the oppressed waited to be set free. To answer this, I, I think we maybe need to look and do a little analysis tonight of, of addictions that captivate people and they don't recognize it or they won't admit it. So they have to be preached to and their deliverance proclaimed before liberty is maintained. They have to hear the word. The Apostle Paul declares that I had not known sin except by the law. Their, their deliverance has to be proclaimed before they can maintain the liberty and Jesus Christ has placed the church to continue the ministry that he said th this is why he came. I want to speak to you tonight on overcoming addictions that sometimes we don't realize are hindering our walk with the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for each one that is here tonight, Lord. You know the needs that we have and Father, I'm asking your spirit to minister to every need. And Father, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Joel Wells, in his book, The Overlooked, Subtitled, Ministering Grace in a Broken World. In chapter 6 on alcohol and drug addiction, began with this paragraph. He said, what constitutes an addiction? In an article entitled, Brains, Addiction, and Conversion, Timothy Jennings, medical doctor and a Christian psychiatrist, indicates that the Definition he uses for addiction is the compulsive engagement in behavior that brings short-term reward but long-term destruction. Sometimes we don't realize uh, that addictions, uh, people uh, have things in their past that, that uh, they have been attached to and and things in their present that, that are bothering them. And, and uh, sometimes they, they do things uh, thinking, well, this is, this is to alleviate my, my pain right now, but uh, it sure doesn't bring a long-term result. Jennifer explained that, Jennings rather explains that the, the life experience not only changes and uh, charges the the circuitry of the brain, but it also alters the brain genetic expression, which can be passed on to our offspring. Give us some statistics in this book, and, and I know some of them are, are old and uh, most of them are, are American, but, but I, I want to stir up your pure mind tonight to let you know that, that there is a great cause round about us, and it's right in our community and maybe in your family. According to U.S. Surgeon General, in 2016, 
20.8 million Americans, 20.8 million Americans suffered from substance abuse disorder. The U.S. National Institute on Drug Addiction revealed that 30.2% of men and 16% of women reported binge drinking in the month before this survey. What does that mean? They just went out to get drunk. Just drank until they were intoxicated. 30%. The National Institute of Drug Addiction estimates that 24.6 million Americans, 9.4% of the population, used the illicit drugs in the month before they made this report. Can we, can we understand what is happening to our world? Between 2000 and the year 2017, more than 700,000 died from opioid overdoses. That's almost the population of the province of New Brunswick. Died from opioid overdoses. In 2018, 116 people per day died from opioid-related drug problems. 116 people died every day in 2018 from opioid-related drugs. The Wells works with drug addicts all the time. And he told this story. He said, a man who was addicted came to church, was delivered, and received the Holy Ghost. After a while, he stopped coming to church, and in time, he relapsed. And eventually, he would return to church and, and be refilled with the Holy Ghost and resume his commitment to God. This happened several times. One night after service, he told Pastor Well, when I go to my car, there will be at least 30 messages on my phone. The Wells asked him what they were about, and he said, they're calls from people that want me to come party. He couldn't divorce himself from his so-called friends. They had a way of influencing him, and unfortunately, the man died at the age of 42 from an overdose. Some things I don't understand, and I don't want to twist the, the, the meaning of it, so I want to read it to you from from this book, uh, and uh, it says, it's important for us to understand how the addicted brain works. I don't understand it. I don't have any knowledge of that, but I read this, and I felt that I need to share it with you. The theory of cross-addiction is a concept that if you are addicted to one drug, you are at higher risk to develop a substance use disorder to some other substance. He says, I have heard other descriptions uh, of addiction as if you are addicted to one drug or alcohol, you are addicted to all drugs regardless of whether you have ever used them before. That's what some doctors teach. He said, this could explain why someone who gives up using alcohol or heroin or prescription drugs often replaces them with another drug or other forms of addiction, such as pornography, gambling, 
shopping, and so on. I didn't say that. This doctor did. It also may explain why some who has had an episodic experience can struggle with addiction because they do not truly surrender. He said, I have talked with church members who had amazing testimonies about deliverance from drug addiction only to discover that shortly thereafter they began a secret addiction to pornography or an eating disorder or kleptomania. That's from his book. People, they get clear of this drug and that addiction, and because they're no longer taking heroin or marijuana or smoking cigarettes, they're watching porn or they're overeating or they're shoplifting, just picking stuff up, don't belong to them, taking it. Proverbs 23 and verse 20 says, Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. The wise man Solomon, inspired by the Holy Ghost, made a connection between drinking too much and eating too much. See, we condemn some people for drugs and alcohol abuse, but but we excuse ourselves, not really realizing that our bodies are the temple that God dwells in. Whew. Boy, it's just quiet in here at night. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen says, "What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? You're not your own, for you but bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit." which are God. Your body glorifies God. Emphasize 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, verse 17 says, For any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Do we realize, do we really realize the Holy Ghost is Christ in us, the hope of glory, uh, and that this is uh, what represents Jesus Christ to the world. Well, in his book, I, I was thinking, well, this, this is too good to keep to myself, and I think it's for us tonight. After God took away the desire of consuming alcohol from a hardcore alcoholic. After his Acts 238 experience, in a later counseling session, he boasted to me that he was down to seven cigarettes a day using a nicotine patch. I asked him, he said, if God can deliver you from alcohol, why do you need a patch to overcome nicotine addiction? He said, the fact is, addiction behavior is still a choice after someone experiences salvation. 
I have witnessed. Oh, old Norm Vickers. Blackville. He'd come to church for years, but he couldn't get rid of cigarettes. Just, he just, but then he, he started hiding them, didn't want people knowing that he was still smoking. And, and he kept them in, in a little hut that he had across the road from where he lived. And, and he'd go over there and smoke and then chew gum and stuff to try to have it off his breath, you know. And uh, one morning I, I preached, you know, that, uh, you know, you, you, you can defile your, your, your body and uh, your body is, is holy unto God. And, and I, I made the statement, I think it was, that tobacco in any form is, is a defilement of your flesh. And uh, he went home went across the road to that little shack and got to hold the package of cigarettes or so that he had in there, walked out in the middle of the road and said, God, if you're real, and if what that preacher preached is true, he said, I'm through with these, and he threw them in the ditch. And to my knowledge, to his dying day, he never touched another one. Uh, deliverance is there if you desire it. Uh, you, have to, you have to recognize every addiction. Brother Walter Munn in Black Cyber, same story. He came to church for a number of years. His wife was a dear saint. Uh, I mean, uh, and uh, he gave her a hard time for quite a while, but then he started coming, and, and God started getting a hold of him. But he couldn't get clear of his cigarettes. He went to St. George to the pharmacy and he, he bought patches uh, so that he could stop smoking. Came home and went upstairs to the bathroom, took his shirt off, and was going to put his patches on. And he started thinking, you know, well, God, if you're real and if, if what that preacher said is real, then I can get clear of these things. And he took that whole bundle of brand new patches that he just paid for, uh, flushed them down the flesh, and that was the end, and he never smoked another cigarette. Uh, see, there, there is something that God leaves in your charge. He leaves your will. He doesn't take it from you. Uh, and Paul told us how to remain free. He said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, there was a time that alcohol was a prohibited uh, substance in the province of New Brunswick. There was a time not too many years ago where marijuana and the use of it was against the laws of our country. And now the higher minds of society are supposed to say, you know, uh, everything's okay and they want us to conform to that. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's, it's your mind that you've got to have touched by the power of God, uh, by, by that power of the Spirit. Uh, and when it takes a hold of your mind, you've got to yield to that. Proving what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Uh, you know, if the world affects you, you need to realize that it's up to you to resist. Resist, and it'll... I notice in the intercessory prayer of Jesus, he made, he made these statements. And John records it in the 17th chapter, verse 15. Talking to us and about us, to God. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. 
That was Jesus' prayer request to the Heavenly Father. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is true. Set them apart holy. That's what sanctified means. For thy word is truth. How do you get into truth? Study the word. See what is in the word. Then he said in verse 18, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. We aren't to go out of this world. He's got a purpose for us. And for their sake I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through truth. Verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their words. Jesus Christ was praying for you. He was praying for me. See, if it was only the will of God to save us from sin and to take us to heaven, the moment we got the Holy Ghost, he could rapture us. But he said, as thou hast sent me, so even so I send them into the world. The Lord has empowered you and me in this present world to live above sin. Not above temptation, because you're going to be tempted. See, Almighty God allows us to be tempted to prove to the world and the devil that his children will live for him even though the devil who was created in perfection, the disobedient angels, and Adam created in the image of God failed. He still says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Although sin is sin and none seems to be greater or smaller in the eyes of God, as Brother Raymart brought that out so effectively this morning, yet to we humans, there are some sins that appear more shameful and appear to have more condemnation than others. That is why there are more secretly done than other sins. Pornography, sexual addiction are, are sins in, in that category. It, it's a real battleground whether you believe it or not. This type of pornography that's going on in the, in the world in which we live. It's a, it's a battle for the minds of people. Every second, 28,258 users are watching porn on the internet. Can you imagine? Every second. Every second, $3,075.64 is spent on porn on the internet. 40 million people regularly watch porn sites in the United States of America. That's more than the population of Canada. 40 million regularly watch. 35% of internet downloads are related to porn and 
every 39 minutes a new porn video is created. Listen to this. 68% of divorce cases involve one partner meeting a new paramount on the internet, while 56% involve one partner having obsession internet to porn websites. And in the book that I read them statistics from, it said it did not exempt Christians. This is almost unbelievable, but it's been proven. Six hours of exposure to softcore porn, not hardcore, but softcore porn, is enough to, number one, destroy satisfaction with a spouse. Number two, decrease faithfulness to one's value. Number three, decrease partner satisfaction. Number four, increase the thought that women enjoy rape. Number five, dismiss the desire to be with one person and cherish that one person. That's scary to realize that if you for six hours viewed some of this, that your entire life can be affected and ruined. Paul told us we need to watch what we do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, he said, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That Greek word for casting down actually means to destroy. To totally, to totally make it empty, void, without cause to be resurrected. Uh, you know, uh, we, we know that the church of Jesus Christ uh, is a holy church and God is holy. However, what is called higher education of the world, the, the flesh, and the devil uses every means possible to question the necessity to be holy and to live holy. Today, Brother Ivan and Brother Raymart and I visited the, the funeral parlor. A man mentioned that he had been teasing a man that recently moved to Ripples about coming to this church with a woman with her pug on her hair and uh, a long dress. The world knows our standards of righteousness. That was a Catholic man that knew me in high school. I've forgotten, hardly, hardly remembered him, but there he was, telling, you know, this is what he was doing, teasing this fella. You know, Made me realize, you know, uh, we are known and read of all men. And so most addicts uh, won't admit their addiction until they know they can't help themselves. Have to be put in the corner, have to be made to realize, hey, th this is what it's all about. You really are attached to this thing and, and you need to get free from it. Cyber and digital addiction. Addiction shares four characteristics common with all other addictions. Quoting from the book, uh, The Overlooked, in chapter 8, uh, Cyber Habits, he said, 
excessive use to the point of obsession and compulsion. Just got to have it. Number two, withdrawal symptoms. He said withdrawal is experienced when the behavior is stopped. Example, rage, irritable, anger, tension, depression, or anxiety. You know? Sometimes people seek medical help for, for anxiety and depression and, and don't really go to the cause because uh, they're addicted. Low tolerance is the third thing that he said. Constant need to upgrade digital gadgets, equipment, games, and so on. Uh, negative repercussions, including increased arguments, family abuse, lying, poor achievements, social isolation or failure. These, these, this is not Don McCarty. This, this is a statement written by men who deal with people that are addicted on a daily basis. Last quote that I'm going to give you from the book tonight is, God created the pleasure center of the brain for us to achieve the ultimate elation when we worship and experience him. However, due to overstimulation or dopamine flooding that takes place due to the abuse of digital media apparatuses, we are shutting down the brain's pleasure system just as drugs and alcohol and sexual addictions do. The ultimate result is a new form of depression which is not sadness but the absence of pleasure. That is why the Apostle Paul stated in bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I can't emphasize it enough, but when you get the Holy Ghost, it doesn't take your will away from you. You have to choose every day to submit to the will of God. Even Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh in his humanity, submitted to the will of the Father. To allow others to recognize what was transpiring at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he read from the prophet Isaiah. He said, I need to tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He was the Lord of glory, manifest in flesh. Uh, and he said, because he hath anointed me, uh, what for? To preach the gospel, to bring the good news of salvation. He's given us this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. We believe that and we really thank God for his comfort. Thank God I've talked to people that gone through them valleys of the shadow of death. Their spouses has departed and their lonely hours but underneath are the everlasting arms and that Jesus Christ is there to help and to sustain and to keep the brokenhearted. Yes. But then he said to preach deliverance to the captives. Person captives should know they're in that place, you know, no, not realizing it. They've got to, they've got to wake up to the call, realize, hey, the gospel of deliverance is for you. 
When the angel came into uh, the cell where, where Peter was uh, and said, stand on your feet, if he stayed sitting there, he'd have, he'd have died that day. Because they already had killed James. He was, he was in there waiting for, for, you know, to be taken out. And, uh, but when the angel said, stand up, he stood up. And, and when he started, uh, the chains fell off then. And then he started following the, the angel. And, and the gates opened of their own accord. And he, he got out there on the street. He, he was set at liberty. Why? Because he listened to what the angel of the Lord told him. Sometimes God uh, doesn't have a, an angel fluttering around with, with a halo and wings on, but he comes in a, in a personal form and, and lets us know that there are things that, that held us captive. It is the will of God for the blind to recover their sight. We need to claim that with Brother Clarence. It is the will of God as Others are suffering uh, sight problems. It's the will of God that you be healed. I get two amens. It's the will of God to heal blindness. Come on. Uh, And then, besides preaching to those that are captive, set at liberty those that are abused. Uh, Bruised, bruised. What's holding them down? They're because they've been hurt. Because they've been hurt. They, they feel, well, I can't get up again. No, I got good news. <laughs> Failure's never final. <laughs> I've got good news. <laughs> the songwriter wrote that old hymn, Someone Slipped and Fell. Was that someone you? Do not be disheartened. I've got good news for you. It's no secret what God can do. Uh, what he's done for others, he'll do for you. Uh, I mean, he'll set you at liberty. You may say, well, they, they hurt my feelings. You think Jesus' feelings weren't hurt? The only apostle that didn't die a martyr's death, we're told, is John. Their feelings hurt. Yes. You know, sometimes we, we got to realize, hey, we are having an extra, extra too good. And we need to realize that the purpose of Jesus' coming was to allow us to recognize the acceptable year of the Lord, that this is the day of salvation. Today is the accepted hour. Uh, now is the time uh, through fulfilling the prophecy and salvation and healing and deliverance. Uh, he made it available to us. Jesus Christ fulfilled it all. And he said in John 8 verse 36, uh, If the Son therefore shall make you free, um, you shall be free indeed. Uh, There's liberty to live in Christ Jesus. Uh, We're not following a bunch of rules and restrictions. No, no. Uh, We're living the way that God wants us to live. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus Christ made deliverance available free of charge. But it was very costly. Cost him his life. Free to us. We need to, we need to be thankful. We need to, we need to accept that. Jesus paid the debt for every sin, every addiction, every depression, 
everything that, that wars against your body, mind, and spirit. Uh, oh, friend, it's all taken care of for. As old brother Johnson used to sing, it's already paid for. It's already paid for. And friend, it, it's been paid for. Uh, but we've got to want that freedom. Freedom is only maintained uh, by the power that you possess. Yes. If Jesus Christ has set you free, you're free indeed. Uh, now possess and keep and maintain that power that he's given you. You have to accept your deliverance. Story is told of a man that was sentenced in, in prison and, and uh, the governor wrote him a pardon. Like they can in the USA, the, the, when the president comes to almost the end of his office, he has the privilege of writing pardons. And, and people that, that should spend the rest of their life behind bars, they, they get set free. Why? Because the governor, the president, wrote them a pardon. When the pardon's written, it's taken to, to the jailman, the jailkeeper, he goes down and goes to the cell and he unlocks the door says, here there's a message from the President of the United States. You're pardoned. You can go free. I was told that one person had that happen to them and the, the governor had sent the pardon message and, and uh, the fellow says, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm staying right here. He thought it was some hoax that they got up that if he went out that someone would nab him and that would be the end of him. And he said, no, I don't believe it. So the, the, the jailer went back to, to the governor and said, what can I do? What can I do? Well, he said, he has to remain a prisoner until he accepts the pardon. Likewise, for any addiction, anything that holds you and hinders you from serving God, any, anything that keeps... You know, people in our community, they're addicted. It's not just a light thing to be addicted. They're, they're, they feel their life depends on it. Uh, so now uh, you've got a message to let them know there's freedom in Christ Jesus. Uh, for Jesus Christ came to set at liberty those uh, that were bruised. Uh, he came to, to bring deliverance to the captive. That, and what he's done, he's left this message and ministry in your hands, in my hands. Uh, we're here tonight with the ministry of reconciliation for this world. Oh, it's time to realize uh, when Christ closed the book, this day, this day the scriptures fulfilled. I want you to know today is the day of salvation. Today is the accepted time. Um, you know, it's sad when you, when you reach for a person and then life comes to the end. You know, you know you haven't reached. There will never be another day to talk to that person. Never another opportunity. It may be your son, it may be your daughter, it may be a you know a brother or sister, a, a loved one of some sort, even a spouse uh, that is strayed away and, and not serving God. You've got you've got the power of the Holy Ghost in your vessel to do what Christ would have you do. He wants you to share the gospel 
As Brother Raymart said this morning, we aren't here to condemn the world. We're here to save it. We need to realize, hey, you can't change them before they are in Christ. But after they're in Christ, they've got to realize, hey, there's a will to follow. And we are still following in his will. Yes, overcoming addictions through the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, living successfully for Jesus Christ. But who needs that little bit extra power tonight? Power to overcome every obstacle. Power to be that witness. Power to be what Christ would have us to be. Would you stand with me tonight? Oh, Lord, make us more of you. Uh, Lord, give us more of your presence, your power, your spirit. Uh, Break the things that hold us from the past, Lord. You may have cleared us and freed us from certain things, but, oh, God, if there's anything that hinders me from serving you, if there's anything, Lord, that hinders me from being that witness, Lord, some way, somehow, reveal it so I can remove it. Is that your prayer tonight? I want us to be honest tonight. I want us to come to that place where we say, Lord, here am I. Whatever it takes, Lord, in my life, I want to be that instrument that you'd have me to be. Oh, I think as a family, we just need to pray together tonight. We need to come around this altar and spend a little time saying, God, I want to be that witness that you'd have me to be. I don't know of something that's hindered, but Lord, is there something that, that's hindering me? That I just switched addictions and didn't realize that, that I'm held captive by this, Lord. And it's, it's a hindering force, oh God, reveal it to me and let me be released from that. In the powerful name of Jesus, let's come tonight. Let's talk to the Master.